The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Hail and well met, folks. When last we left our heroes, we were doing a regular old podcast, but today we decided to do something a little bit different. And because I've been unable to finish watching the current season of Stranger Things, because I will not watch it without my wife, because she will kill me, and she's not been up for watching much recently, because she's getting quite tired at the end of the day, I figured, why not? do a special podcast with a good friend of ours, Janelle Megan, who will also be coming on to talk Stranger Things when we're finally done with that. And uh, I figured we may as well talk about something that's near and dear to both of our hearts recently, which is tabletop role-playing games. So, Janelle, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking about this because I feel like this is a subject that doesn't get a lot of love. So I'm excited to to dive in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I I do believe it's becoming slightly more mainstream in no small part due to Stranger Things and also the popularity of Critical Role. And firstly, Critical Role, it seems as though it's been sort of latching onto a couple of different fandoms and exploding from there because critical role for those of you that don't know is where as matt mercer puts it a bunch of nerdy ass voice actors get together and play dungeons and dragons and they do it very well um, as far as a lot of people are concerned so yeah i think that with that and then prevalence in a lot of the mainstream stuff and as i said stranger things it's becoming a lot more like oh okay what's this maybe i can have a look at that. That seems interesting. Whereas before, especially if you've seen things like the Dungeons and Dragons film that I believe Tom Hanks was actually a part of, where <laughs> someone, the main character, is basically driven insane by people playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, way back when. Yeah, it, it's come oh, a long wow. way. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm ready for that remake, though. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a good one. It could be interesting, yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not sure I want it to be remade, though, unless they kind of do it uh, tongue-in-cheek style. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> All right, so uh, doing a very brief sort of introduction to the general theme of tabletop role-playing games, there are many, many, many different types. Uh, the most well-known is, of course, Dungeons & Dragons, which has gone through several iterations and has come out relatively recently with the newest version, which I believe is 5e, I think is the latest one. And mm -hmm. then you've got Pathfinder, which is Imagine D&D, but with more rules. And they've just come out with Pathfinder 2. And uh, that is 
based on a couple of people I know who have played it, it is more fun than Pathfinder. It just takes some getting used to, so that will be interesting. And then there's games like Savage Worlds and Fate and Powered by the Apocalypse, and they are definitely more rules light. Uh, not to say that there aren't many rules involved in that, because there are, <laughs> especially with Savage Worlds. But they are definitely systems that are more used for games that you can roleplay more in. And you can just kind of let the characters push the story forward and then the rules are there if you feel you need to roll for something. And uh, I will talk a little bit more about that a bit later. But first and foremost then, big question, what was your prior experience to tabletop role-playing game before you picked up your first set of dice? So I actually started off kind of just listening to podcasts, um, you know, like Critical Role, Adventure Zone, like are coming some of the major ones and kind of just diving into this like fantasy role-playing-esque podcast game. Um, and I really wanted to play really, really badly, but I didn't know anybody. So I kind of was out with friends one day and I just was like, you know, I've been doing this like nerdy thing. And I was like kind of almost weirdly ashamed of it when I like brought it up first. I was like, I don't think you guys will get it. And then my friend was actually like, oh, you're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And I've actually been a game master before. And like if you can find people like I would totally be down to do a game. So I was super excited. I dragged two of my friends um, into it. And we've been playing a game pretty much every time we can all get together since um, since earlier this year. <laughs> yes, the every time you can get together is something that is sad and unfortunate in the world where you are trying to play with adult people that have their own things that need to happen. And uh, sitting around a table and playing is slightly lower on the priorities to paying bills and things like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, playing is the easy part. Getting everybody there is the hard part. <laughs> yes. yes, very high DC on that one. Um, uh, yeah, my my experience beforehand, I grew up in the south of England and my friends possibly played. I don't know. I never asked. I never thought to ask. And I never really knew about it until... I'm not going to say relatively recently, because obviously there were references in TV shows and films that I'd seen, but I didn't really think about it until relatively recently. And I think I'd heard of Critical Role, but I didn't start watching that for quite a while. And then I was playing the game Life is Strange, and I loved that. And then I played Life is Strange Before the Storm, and in that you play a short session of D&D with one of the characters if you go over to their table and talk to them because it is entirely missable if you don't go around and see what the world has and i do that a lot in my game so i came across this and i gave it a go and i was just kind of enjoying the interaction between the characters as they were playing this game because it was it's a person that you wouldn't expect would play dungeons and dragons and in Obviously, in the game, they wrote she has a lot of fun doing it. And based on that, I put out something on Facebook just saying, oh, I just played this, I liked it, and it kind of made me want to play D&D. And a friend of mine just got a hold of me and said, well, I have a group 
you can play with us if you want. And I said, okay. And then about three months later, once I convinced my wife that it wasn't a terrible idea, uh, <laughs> I got a set of dice and I went and played. And I played in that group for a few months and we actually played Pathfinder, because uh, that was the system they were using. And s- sadly, that group is not together anymore in that particular sense for various reasons, but uh, uh, that kind of hooked me in and I'm now running my own game in the Savage Worlds engine. So yeah, I think you could say I'm invested at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So, So what systems have you either played in or had you heard of? Um, since uh, starting the tabletop role-playing? Um, so I've really only played um, Dungeons & Dragons 5e and then also Little Pathfinder. Um, right. But I'm really, I've been really researching a lot of these new tabletop games and a lot of, like, I'm really fascinated by kind of fantasy meets real world. So a lot of the games, like I know Vampire the Masquerade, um, is yeah. one of them that I would love to play because it's like kind of real world meets fantasy and I really, really like kind of gravitate toward that. Um, I can't think of any at the top of my head, but generally like that's kind of the theme for like if I would ever to, you know, maybe DM my own game or start my own game, it would definitely be something along those lines of like fantasy meets real world. And I know there's a lot of that out there because it's all about the story at the end of the day. Yeah, very much so. And uh, as I was saying earlier, I was looking into some of the other systems, definitely the the more rules-like systems. And uh, I think Fate and Powered by the Apocalypse and Savage World to an extent, but they're definitely more to that, are the type of systems that you want to look at for that because they are very, very much okay you kind of run the game like a film or like a tv show or like a comic book and then you use roles but uh let's see i believe it's fate there are six things that you roll for and Mm -hmm. everything else is just the story and the character interactions drive the plot so it's more just you know you describe the characters turning up at this place and they figure out what they want to do and then they can choose to interact in one of six different ways and based on that the story progresses and things like that so it's it's really cool uh, the way that those systems are set out and uh, I mean, Powered by the Apocalypse has two games that I know you might be interested in one I believe I sent you a link to a little while ago called Masks and that is you play as the fourth generation in a world where superheroes are becoming more prevalent and there are the original superheroes, then the next generation of superheroes, which was the Silver Age, then there's the Bronze Age of superheroes, and then there's you. And it's like you're trying to come to terms with, okay, you have these powers, but you're also a teenager. So you're trying Mm -hmm. to deal with... How do you use these powers and be a superhero, but at the same time, you don't want to lose your humanity and you want to just kind of be a kid? <laughs> so that, that one's kind of fun. Uh, I really like that. And then there's, there's City of Mist, which is uh, slightly more towards a fantasy because it's more of a noir 
type setting and uh, it's it's kind of imagine pretty much any noir type thing you can think of but what happens is there are actual sort of manifestations of different things and these things are called mythos and they give your character sort of abilities but the more you use them the less human you become and if you use them too much you basically become a new mythos and your character fades away mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a really interesting idea it's something that i've not had the chance to play in but i feel like it would be something that uh, i would enjoy if i had the time to do that <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah my, my time is very much spent in uh, in other worlds at this point um <laughs> in the real world how boring <laughs> yes very much so <laughs> No, I mean, I do think as an actress, I definitely gravitate more to, like, less rule-based ones um, because I am, you know, an actress and a writer. And there is a real challenge and fun to just kind of play and build a story upon each other with your friends. And I really, you know, I've only done, um, only I've only played Dungeons & Dragons, but I think this, like, whole other world of tabletop role-playing is just very exciting because you are just creating a story. And I think there's something so fun about that, just building a world with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speaking as a GM, it's very interesting because I'm I'm using a setting within the system. Uh, very quick uh, terminology lesson for people when I say system I'm referring to whether it's D&D or Pathfinder or Savage World when I say setting that is the actual game that you're playing in that system so in Dungeons and Dragons they have very definitive this is Dungeons and Dragons and then you can play an adventure within Dungeons and Dragons that can be the setting or you can in Savage Worlds the whole there are many different types of settings there's uh, there's vampires and stuff like that there's sort of steampunk world there's the um there's the western stuff and the one that i'm currently playing is a uh, kind of a sci-fi s fantasy sort of thing but it it feels it actually feels kind of like final fantasy meets pokemon meets uh, like some anime stuff meets indiana jones like it's it's a very interesting <laughs> it's a lot setting. of combinations <laughs> it, it is and um it, it's kind of just takes bits and pieces from all of these things and has come together into a really fascinating setting um but but yeah i i feel like running it and being able to see my my players sitting around and interacting within this world and there's a point where you see like it's not just the player sitting there saying my character walks up and does this they 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 switch at certain points and for some players it the switch back and forth happens a lot for some players they like to just kind of sit in the character for the whole session uh, that doesn't happen to me very often but uh, <laughs> but they have that and it's just like it's weird where you see they're no longer Oh, this is Dan playing this character. It's like, no, they're, like they're them for now. Like, yeah, and it's just they've gone, they've gone the whole hog into it, and it's something that is so much fun to see, and it's great to be able to facilitate that. <laughs> and uh, speaking of gaming sessions, then uh, I 
We'll throw this out to you. So what was your first ever tabletop role-playing game session like? Um, I was very intimidated, honestly, when I first sat down, even though it was me, me and two friends who hadn't played ever, and then two people who I knew pretty well who have played the game before. Um, but I was still like, I still kind of felt like this was a whole new world and I wasn't really sure what was expected and how much was allowed. And, you know, you learn very quickly as kind of anything's allowed, but, um, (laughs) it was very, very fun. And especially touching on what you're saying about watching people kind of come alive with their characters, the minute people, you know, there was a minute when like you saw everyone get comfortable in the room together and like start to go on this kind of adventure that we had started um and switch into their character and start to make decisions as their character and that was when it got really exciting for me Uh, and i was like this is something special i'm really really happy to be doing this (laughs) yeah it was was interesting for me my first ever session at the the group that i was playing with it was myself my friend that got me involved who is currently playing in the campaign that i'm running and two other people then became three and it was something that even though the group is now dissolved for this reason or that reason like the actual feeling when we sat down to play the game at the table I was a complete novice and even though I'd read the rules it was like okay I I don't know exactly how things run I don't know how this is supposed to go and they were perfectly willing to be like okay well so here's how this and then I start to say well maybe i'll do this and they're willing to say okay well that means you gotta roll this or that means you've got to do this and there are a couple of times where the the gm or game master for those that don't know the shortened version he was just saying okay so what do you want to do and i described and they said okay you have these options and there are only a few times where he did that because he was the type of person that wanted the player to make the decision, didn't want to railroad too much. And uh, that was very gracious of him. He very easily could have just been like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, so I'll just tell him. And uh, and I feel like that wouldn't have been that much of a good experience for me. But yeah, it was something that I actually got into the role-playing side of it fairly easily because I picked a character that I'd always said to myself, you know, if I was going to sit down and play this when I was starting to think about it it's like I'm gonna play a wizard and it's just good that's my play style when I play certain games it's I'm the I'm the wizard I'm the caster I'm you know mid to long range person and then when it came down to play I was like okay I'm I'm a wizard and then I just kind of started a little bit around you know myself but more (laughs) and that's and so it came very easy for me to actually sit back and let the character come forward and and then a little bit down the line I switched up characters and I was playing someone who was a fighter and uh, for those of you that know a little bit about let's say Dungeons and Dragons it's a mixture between a uh, a brawler like a, a fighting thing and a monk and uh, it uh, it was very fun to play because uh, I played him <laughs> with very low intelligence and that is something that I found fun to do because it's like well I know for a fact 
that walking over there by myself and touching that thing is a terrible idea. But my character had no clue. So he <laughs> was like, off he goes, and oh, he's in trouble again. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's something that I feel a lot of people might be a little nervous about starting, about actually going somewhere and sitting down, or even doing it online doing, through Roll20 or Discord or things like that. But I feel like if anyone is even considering playing, just like give it one or two shots, see, talk to some people or you know, go online to forums and just say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you suggest? And I'm sure you'll be able to find some people that will just be like, do you have three hours on a Saturday? Like, hell, we'll play. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think... Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure more people play than they let on. Because I was so surprised now that I'm playing. I have so many people coming out of the woodwork telling me that oh yeah, I've been playing for years. Like I just, I feel like it's something that's not really talked about. So yeah, reach out to, you know, social media, anybody in your, on your circle. And I'm sure you will find at least one person who plays or used to play and wants to again, like I guarantee it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's very interesting as well because I, I didn't fully understand exactly how much like my friend was just like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, we play, you can join us. It's like, oh, as a new person to say, really? Like, you can just, like, you're just inviting me in like that? But now that I've played and now that I've run stuff, it's like that desire to have more people play and understand what it's like is very, very real. It's just like, hey, you might you might enjoy it. Like, I'll talk to some people at work. They're like, oh, I've never played. It's like, you should. <laughs> Give it a go. It's like, no, I have I, I have a select yeah. group of friends that will literally check in and be like, "So what? What's going on in your game now?" And they'll say it so casually, but I'm like, "You care. You want to know, and it means that you should play too." <laughs> yeah, like, well, just have him in and to play an NPC once or twice. So, yeah, just kind of just give him the bug that way, and then maybe they'll they'll end up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> once they get a taste, they'll never stop. <laughs> Yes, it's uh, yeah. I I would say it's it's like a drug, but uh, it's not exactly like a drug. It basically is. It's just it's, you get that same stuff. You get kind of hooked, and you just want to keep playing. Uh, but you know, definitely. Yeah, responsibilities and such are always getting in the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to make room for play and all the work that we do as adults, though. I think it's so important. <laughs> we got to you know get in touch with your inner child and like have fun and let your imagination run wild. Like, I think that's actually really healthy for people and especially adults. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, as it's one of those things as well as like, I've heard of some people say, like, yeah, Oh, that's you know, stupid. Like, you know, you're just sitting in a room, like you're just sitting around the table just talking and it's like, well, what do you do when you watch an American football game? You sit mm. around and you're just staring <laughs> at a TV for three hours and then you talk to your friends about what happened on the TV. So, <laughs> imagine that, but without the TV. <laughs> and with is. magic. <laughs> exactly. So more interesting things happen than throwing a leather ball around. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's more connection, if anything. Like I feel so much closer to my friends now because <laughs> one, we're forced to hang out every week if you know if our schedules allow. And then, so I see them a lot more often. And then I also, you know, 
we're bonding. It's an emotional game sometime. And it's like, it does get into some deep topics without expecting it. And there are some things that'll come up and you, you get closer to people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, um, I was, so I was going to say, I'll kind of switch around the order that I had here. Like when it comes down to what you end up including, like as a GM, like it's very interesting to read the table because you get, some players are like, yeah, I'm just here to do this. That's all I really care about. And that's that's fine. Like, it's You have a group that is like, this person just wants to do this. And everyone else is like, sure. Like, yeah, you can have a good game. Uh, very important to make sure that you kind of set out expectations at the beginning. Because you really don't want, you know, four or five sessions to have gone by and someone to say, you know, I'm, get- I'm getting really bored of all this. And everyone else is like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see where the sessions can go sometimes uh, uh, to draw from one of mine. So there was a point where I'm running a campaign within this setting called Crystal Heart and anyone that is the least bit interested in anything I have to say about this, like, do go check it out. It's a really fun system. It looks beautiful because the artwork is gorgeous and it is relatively cheap and within the Savage World system. So if you play that at all, do check it out. But yes, we were playing the campaign in that and the, the group had gone together to this town and were trying to, uh, trying to see what I can say without giving too much away. They were trying to gain access to a sacred area and the chief had decided, oh no, you definitely can't go in there. And what then followed was a seven minute long discussion between two of the players as to exactly what they could do to make it so that they would get in there. And this was happening at a time where they had the person who was in charge of the village trying to usher them out and several guards were making their way towards them to try and help the chief and the characters they were playing as are under strict instructions to listen to any authority figures and to follow their instructions unless they can prove that a crystal is at at play in which case their authority takes over so i was listening to this conversation play out and if it had continued the way that it looked like it was going to they were going to effectively derail the entire adventure about half an hour in and make me have to come up with an entirely new system on the fly <laughs> to finish out that session because they're supposed to go away. This happens, this happens, this happens, they come back. Like That's how the adventure is set out. If that conversation had lasted a couple of minutes more and they decided to actively attack, all of that would not have happened and I would have had to have had them fight the warriors that were backing the guy up and then figure out how to get them out and then how to get them back because they had to get the crystal at the end of it. So, yeah, it uh, it can get very interesting reading the table and reading where some people are willing to go. Like they were willing to use a power that would have taken away the agency of the chief and force him to do something. And if alignments were in play in Savage World, mm. you could say that was very much chaotic neutral shifting towards evil <laughs> because mm-hmm. yeah that that was uh 
It was a very interesting conversation. And <laughs> and it's like, I had no idea when I started describing everything and letting the thing play out. Like, I had no idea that this could even be the case. And it is something that every single GM need to know from the start, which is if you plan anything to go a way you want it to, your players will find a way to completely undermine it <laughs> and uh, you need to basically accept that that will happen and try and just think of a couple things that you can you can do to rework things <laughs> so, yeah yeah it will happen there is absolutely no amount of planning you can do that will survive a session with your players it's a, it, yeah no <laughs> Um, it's funny because there definitely is two different types of play for both the player and for a gm like for a gm there's the gm that plans everything like meticulously and like builds this whole story and stuff or then there's the gm that i've played with where there's some sessions where he's like i don't really prepare anything let's just you know have fun in the city and see what happens you know he'll give us like a mystery to solve and he's like go solve it go and talk to people you know figure out what's going on um and then just kind of go from there and then there's also the you know huge world building you know plot driven deep storyline um gm too and then there's also the players who are more into combat and more into role playing, so the game could really kind of take its shape wherever you want it to go, and every GM and every player is is definitely different on how they approach things. Yeah, very much so. I I have in my short amount of time playing, I have run under three different GMs. All of them had a very different style, and then I kind of had to develop my style very quickly because I. I wanted to play this game, but I was like, to, in order to do that, I would need to find someone else that would be as interested in this setting as me, get involved in this setting, learn it, and then run it for me and some other people. And I was like, why don't I just run it? Like, I, mm. The only way this is going to work is if I run it, and then eventually maybe I can play and someone else can take over. So I was like, hey, do you guys want to do this? I got enough people to say yes to that, which was a big surprise to me. And they were like, okay, let's play on this day. And I was like, great. I have three weeks to figure out (laughs) what I'm going to do because Mm. I'd never done it before. I was fairly new to tabletop role-playing games, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this. And I read up on the adventure that was... Uh, it's called a starter set. It's just a one shot that you can play. And this was to be like, this is the setting. What do you think? And I read up on that. I tried to think of a few ways things could go. I tried to come up with my own little spin on some of the thing. And we sat down and I just started playing. And I realized very quickly that I'm, I'm the type of DM that I like it when I have beats to hit. But I'm more than willing to just run with stuff but i do think i'm the type of gm that i'm perfectly willing to let you get uh to use the dnd thing i'm perfectly willing to let you get the critical hit on something that is absolutely meaningless 
and I will <laughs> happily play it up and tell you how well you did at it. And then the final beat is like, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess that, so like you, you got a, a natural 20 on attempting to break down a door. And so like, you, know, you smash through the door, it bursts into smithereens. And on the other side of the door is a cupboard with nothing in it. But it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly fine doing that because A, that's funny. And B, <laughs> when it comes down to it, the people that I'm GMing for, they enjoy that too. And that is the biggest thing. It's like, if you, if you're able to come away from a session and the players have had a good time, like, you've had a good game, but there, there's nothing else to it. Like you, you can, uh, as you say, you can have a session where there's nothing planned really. It's just, okay, what do you want to do? And then they inform the story. Or you can have a session where you plan this giant, big, bad, evil guy encounter and they defeat it in one round. But because they did that, they are now heralded as heroes in the town and they go off and they have this happen. And yeah, you know, as long as they're having fun, you're having fun. And you can... <laughs> you can just have all of your notes in the bin at the end of the night. It's like, well, I didn't get to touch that, but everyone else had fun, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you leave that you had fun with your friends, like, that's all that matters. Like, definitely don't need to get too tied down to, you know, rules or storyline or anything like that if that's not what your game is about. Don't feel pressure to play in any sort of way if you're a first-timer. Yeah, and that, that is something that... I, I remember thinking about when I was first going to play a stuff. Okay, am I going to be the type of player that role plays all the time? Am I going to be the type of player that, that yeah, I live for combat or something like that? And it's like, I, I like to think I'm the type of player that just kind of enjoys the whole thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll role play happily when it's that type of a scene, or I will get drawn into the combat. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do next? Okay. Uh, but I. I I don't think I'm, I'm not quite on par with the Critical Role guys and similar podcasts, but I, I would say I'm more of a, a dice funk type player uh, for people that know what that is. And uh, I was actually going to have a bit here where I was going to say, is there anything that you would recommend for people to listen to or watch if they were thinking of getting into tabletop role playing game for the first time? Oh, um, oh my gosh, so many. Um, well, the thing that got me into it was not another D&D podcast. Um, but then the same people also do a show um, called Fantasy High on Dropout, which is like a um, kind of like a oh. college humor. Have you heard of it? I have, yes. I've, I've actually watched the, um, the Blood Keep uh, Chronicles thing that they did with, where Matt Mercer was a guest. Yes. They're playing the evil guys. That that one was fun <laughs> yes they, they yeah they have three seasons their most recent and that is actually um the unsleeping city which is set in new york city with magic which i'm for those of you who don't know i live in new york city so i love it um because i do think there's something magical about new york but yeah i think um the dropout series um dimension 20 fantasy high escape from blood keep with matt mercer and unsleeping city by far are the most um, fun examples of what D&D can be. And, you know, 
a lot of flexible storytelling and really deep characters and emotional moments and kind of like all across the board, hilarious, heartwarming and everything um, that you can kind of want and what you want that game to kind of represent. For me, at least. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, when it came down to, to getting into playing, I remember I was looking around and trying to say, okay, what am I going to listen to or watch and trying to like what would be a good thing for me to to be able to take things away from and be like oh okay this might be my type of style and i came to realize that there are so many actual play podcasts out there that i could listen to and did listen to at least one or two episodes of but there was nothing that was really jumping out at me as like yeah oh this is a good guide or anything like that uh, I, i'm currently listening to the dice funk podcast which is kind of very out there but i feel like i would fit right in with the people <laughs> playing uh, and then also fate and the fable maiden which is a all-female family-friendly actual play dungeon and dragon podcast which has been kind of fun uh, they spent i think 30 minutes of a 40 minute episode fighting a monster where one of them just ran away and then turned around and came back and that took four turns, and I don't know why. I still don't know why that happened, but it did. So, so yeah. Um, but, yeah, things like that happen all the time, and it's fun. Uh, but in terms of just, like, short little things that I actually found kind of fun to listen to and just got me thinking, uh, there's a YouTuber called Puffin Forest who... He tells stories from his games and he does these little um, relatively crude animations, I'll say. Like, yeah, not bad or anything, and it definitely fits the style of story playing that, he, that he'll talk about. But uh, it just some of them are six minute long and it's just stories from his sessions. And some of them are 15 minute long and even more stories. And then he's also got longer ones if you're interested in some of the other things that he has to talk about. But yeah, he he was something that when I, when I found him and I started watching it, I was like, oh, okay, these are just like fun little stories that got me really interested and got me thinking. And then, of course, uh, Critical Role, really instrumental in kind of shaping my, my view on role-playing within... Um, the tabletop role-playing world. And then also when I started to look into becoming a GM, uh, Matt Mercer had a few videos on tips for GMing. And then there's a guy called Matthew Coville who has a series called Running the Game that he does on top of all of these other things that he does. He's got a fairly large YouTube channel with so <laughs> much stuff on there. Uh, but uh, he is... The type of person who will happily talk to you for like four hours about running the game and stuff like that and that he's just very enthusiastic and very knowledgeable about this sort of stuff and he's been doing it for so long and it's very interesting to get his take on some things he and he actually did put out a video recently about role-playing and people role-playing at the table and how he classifies role-playing. If someone just sits there and just does a voice, like that's role-playing, but it's kind of 
the laziest form of role playing because it's just a hey look at me I'm just a voice aren't I funny uh, mm. but then but then he says you know if someone is actively thinking how their character would think and then their actions are based on their inner monologue like that's what he views as some of the best role playing because you're actively thinking as the character rather than just going my guy goes and does this because he's lawful good like yeah that's why he does it mm. like, no there's actual inner turmoil and stuff so um, it was interesting to get his take on that, uh, especially if I didn't necessarily agree with a couple of the things he said, but he was able to articulate his point very well and make good arguments for the way he thinks, the way he does, and all of his videos are like that. He's just very good at getting his point across and being able to inform and teach. So yeah, anyone that's considering GMing or uh, even just wants to try and think about what it's like on the other side of the screen they just uh, give some of those videos a go just find a topic that you think might be interesting and have a listen uh, uh, but but yeah uh, that's kind of my recommendations if anyone's thinking of uh, looking into that sort of stuff and the the final thing I figure we may as well leave with is uh, do you have any favorite moments or stories from your sessions that you want to share um the story that obviously stands out the most for me, and I'm sure for all players, is the first time that my character almost died. <laughs> um, yep, a very big so, thing there. Yeah, it's a big moment um, because I, I do fairly play it safe during combat. Um, but for whatever reason, me and my party, we frequently forget to make insight checks. And um, it always feels so silly telling the whole story of like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> but um, basically, I'll keep it as simple as possible. We, um, we were in a town and we met these people who were big fans of the dragon in town. And they seemed pretty legit. No, we didn't, you know, like I said, did not roll any insight checks, but they seemed very nice. My character is a very neutral good character she sees the good in everybody um so she saw the good in these people they wanted to introduce us to the dragon they wanted us to like say hi to the dragon and as soon as we get there they turn out to be dragon cultists and try to sacrifice us to the dragon so my entire party rolls saving throws um which is basically you know you roll the dice and if you get a high enough number on the dice, then you're safe from the dragon's flame. I rolled a one, which is a critical <laughs> failure. <laughs> so oh this is one case where kindness did not pay off. Um, and my character, yeah, she pretty much only almost died. And it was, a, it was a little scary because I did not know what was going to happen. And then one of our other characters, and we had just kind of started off adventuring together, so we didn't really trust each other. So I was not expecting this. Actually, had a really amazing character moment where he came back for me um, after everyone had run out and left, and one of the characters came back and carried me out, um, and then you know revived me. But it was a really impactful, intense moment because just it literally went from oh we're just having fun, we're just like you know gonna try to talk to this dragon, blah blah blah, and then things got real so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. that, that can happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Now you just lesson learned. Always roll insight checks. <laughs> that's that's my advice. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been trying to think of uh, some of my favorite moments from 
both playing and GMing. And I think playing my my favorite moment with any of my characters was we I was playing the um the brawler guy who was not very intelligent and he had absolutely terrible will saves which uh, anyone that plays Dungeons and Dragons and or Pathfinder you have three main saves that you can do and one of them is will and that'll be things like if there's a fear effect or anything like that you roll the will save and so if you have a character that is properly decked out properly set up you know maybe you'll roll the dice and then add a seven or add a nine to the roll uh my guy who was level eight at the time uh possibly even level nine he had a plus three to his will save and uh, we went uh long story short into the depths of hell and came across <laughs> some demons that had a fear effect around them and my character could go invisible and the invisibility would drop if he wanted it to or if he attacked so he goes up to attack these monsters but there's a fear effect around them of 10 feet he is a melee fighter so he had no long range attack so he had to step into the fear effect rolled the will save did terribly and the result was he had to turn around and run for three rounds and he was still invisible so everyone else in the group is just like well i guess he's taking his time to attack whereas my guy is spending his entire action to dash away and the way it worked out that would mean that if he ran full force all the way turned around ran full force all the way back that was six rounds where he was doing nothing but running and on top of that he would then re-enter the fear <laughs> effect and had to roll again and probably fail again so what happened was the the gm kind of paused for a bit because it was sort of snack break time and he took me to one side and said okay uh, because of where you are in the story what's going to happen is some angels are going to bring you back to the battlefield and i said great can the angel throw me at the monster that made me run away <laughs> and he said okay and so game starts back up i'm being relatively quiet uh, as everyone else is trying to fight this thing and then he announces you hear horns going all the demons are looking around a little scared wondering what's going on and then these angels come flying in with my character clasped in one of their hands at which point he says uh yeah and because he asked for this throws throws (laughs) blobby at the monster and then he asked me to roll an attack and i did and i hit it and i rolled damage and i decapitated thing and, <laughs> and that was just like he just decapitates it lands and just like hi <laughs> like that, and that was i'm back <laughs> pretty much like, and, and that was like i think my favorite moment from playing uh, my favorite moment from gming is actually something that is interesting because i was trying to think oh you know what's been my favorite thing to you know, describe to the group or how I ran something or things like that. And I don't think it was that at all. Um, my favorite moment GMing is something that might be unique to my session just because of the interactions with everyone. But it was uh, a particular point 
where a series of events happened that caused a derailment of a train that they were on and then there was an explosion which meant they each had one round to try and do something to prevent them from getting seriously hurt by the train falling over a cliff and stuff like that mm. and uh, they were they were talking really quickly amongst themselves and uh, I, I didn't set a timer on the amount of time they had to talk because they were still relatively new to it but they were also genuinely talking quickly and trying to kind of quickly speed through some of the things that they would want to do so I didn't even need to set a timer and then I said okay what do you do and I went round the table and the thing that everyone had come up with was a very solid plan and the way that dice rolls work in Savage World is if you get the highest number on the die, you roll it again and add that to the total. And if you get so much above the target number, then not only do you succeed, but something good happens. If you get more again, you get the next level of thing. And the way everyone rolled, if the guy who had been driving the vehicle that was within this carriage had rolled too higher, he would have succeeded in getting out of the carriage before he went over the cliff, which would have meant that he would have completely derailed how the story went, and I would have had to have figured out another way of getting him down there. But it would have been the most awesome thing that any of them had done to date. <laughs> and I was happy that they didn't derail the campaign, but I was sad that they didn't get this magnificent moment, and I realized like I was as invested either way <laughs> and it was just <laughs> something that was like wow these are my players coming together and doing something that i didn't know if they were all fully capable of at that point because of that was like i think three sessions in and a couple of them are still like still kind of coming to grips with exactly how to play exactly what they can do but it was just seeing all of this come together and seeing them agree on this plan really quickly and act it out and they'd say this is happening this is happening this is happening and it was just it was so much fun to finally see the synergy there between the players and yeah i think that was my favorite moment so far of gming but uh, i think it's going to get more interesting now <laughs> because uh, we've actually added another player who has played D for quite a while and she's played one session and she definitely fits right in with the mayhem that the party can <laughs> cause so. well i think your your stories and also mine kind of both have one big similarity is that the stakes were really high for both the gm and also for the players i think that's when the magic really happens is when the stakes are high everyone kind of gets really intense and it's just up to like the dice and the story at the end of the day yeah. so i think that's really really cool yeah, definitely. Um, I, I did get a friend of mine contacting me, at, uh, Pat, who'd been on this podcast before, and he started playing D&D recently, and he said that um, he has a quick cool thing and a quick funny thing. Um, the funny thing was his first ever night of playing, his character went to disarm a guard, but because of his terrible roles, he ended up falling on his face and lodging his knife in the wall <laughs> instead. <laughs> Um, but his epic moment is that his character, uh, they were fighting a tunnel worm and he landed the final blow and decapitated it. And then his character demanded that the entire party go and celebrate in the bar. So, 
Okay. Yes, to the tavern. Because <laughs> there's always that's a tavern. You, that's how we all celebrate in D and D at the tavern. <laughs> yep, and then madness ensues from there because it always ensues from a tavern. <laughs> that's where it starts and ends. Alright. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't think I have anything else that I would like to add. Is there is there anything that you feel that uh, we haven't touched on? No, I mean, I'm just, um, I feel like we've really kind of talked about just get out there and play if if you're curious about it. I feel like there's a lot of like stigmas and maybe like, you know, especially if you're, you know, someone who typically doesn't play games like this or is maybe not into this stuff and not typically into it, but also maybe you do love storytelling or maybe you do love fantasy. Like, I think there's something in it for everybody. So just, you know. Don't be afraid to go out there and do it <laughs> and have fun. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely systems and settings for everyone. I mean, yeah, if you like yeah, fantasy like Lord of the Rings, you've got your Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. That will do you handily. If you like, as you said, the sort of real world slash magic type thing, you've got the Vampire Masquerade or you've got Mars or... Uh, if you like noir stuff, you got the City of Mist and things like that. If you got Crystal Hearts for some other sort of like lighter fancy stuff, if you like horror, you got there's Call of Cthulhu. Uh, there's a system that exists and can be very interesting because the entire point of the game is to not go insane, which will happen <laughs> to your character. Like by the end of the session, your character will be insane and you're just trying to stave it off as long as possible so it's uh, <laughs> it, it's just fun there's so many different settings and systems that i guarantee you everyone will find something that they will enjoy it just uh you just gotta give it a shot but yes um yeah, thank you very much for coming on and talking about this it's uh, been a blast yeah, I agree. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. No problem. You're always welcome back anytime. Uh, and uh, if people want to get a hold of you before you come back again, uh, how would they do that? Uh, you can just follow me on Instagram at Janelle Megan and be sure to tell me if you have anything fun going on in your tabletop role playing games. I'd love to hear more stories. <laughs> yeah, same here. If uh, anyone listening to this has some fun tales from the table or anything like that that they want to share just get a hold of us uh, we're facebook twitter and instagram at blokebusters or you can email us at the blokes at blokebusters.com if you want to just uh send us a message that no one else is going to see we can happily do it there <laughs> and uh aside from that i think that's it and we will be back with you again at another time bye in case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.